Come on, it feels good in the house of the Lord. Somebody love him in this house. Somebody worship the name that's above every name. Come on, he's a God that knows how to break chains to where they'll never be used again. Come on, somebody give him worship today. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Lord in this house. I think it'd be a good idea if we all lifted up our hands and continue to worship Jesus. Come on. He's in this house. Come on, do you need healing in your body? He's in this house. He's a healer. Do you need deliverance in your mind, in your heart, in your soul? He's in this building right now. He can break through. Hallelujah, 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 Lord, we worship you, Jesus. God, we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah, let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen, amen, amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord. How many loves the presence of God that we feel here today? Hallelujah. Amen, I'm thankful that God is with us here today in Jesus name at this time we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms along with their teachers praise God man we got some banshee war cries as they run to Sunday school they must be excited praise God a revival church is a church that's full of the sound of children Amen. So we're grateful for that sound that we have in the house of the Lord here at ARC. And we never want to lose it. Amen. Praise God. Because this is to go from one generation to another. Pentecost was a generational blessing. And everybody said amen. Psalms chapter 107 and beginning in verse number 1. Psalms 107. And verse number one, the Bible declares, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. I'm always thankful for that. I'm always thankful God's good and his mercy doesn't quit. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm going to read this again in another translation, the NET. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his loyal love endures let those delivered by the lord speak out those whom he has delivered from the power of the enemy let the redeemed of the lord say so let those that have been delivered by the lord speak out I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Let the redeemed of the Lord 
say so. Would you set down your Bibles and let's begin to give God thanks and give God worship. Come on, let it come out of your mouth as the scriptures declared. Hallelujah, because he is good. His mercy endures forever. His love is loyal, and it does not quit. His mercy does not stop. Hallelujah. And if you've been delivered by the Lord, go ahead and speak it out right now. Testify with your praise. Testify with your worship. Testify in the hand clap. Testify in the dance. Whatever you do, just do something and give God praise. Everybody shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want you to high-five three people and tell them emphatically, I am redeemed. Come on, turn to somebody else. I am redeemed. Get your third person and tell them, I am redeemed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Praise God. Brother Worley, I just want to let you know I'm not even. I'm pretty odd. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I was, always had that my whole life. People, E-V-E-N. I said, that's even. I've always been a little off-kiltered. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. This this Psalms is the beginning of book five of the book of Psalms. Now, you may not have known that, but Psalms actually is broken up into multiple uh, transitions and different parts and different books. And this psalm is starting to bring the people to uh, the end of the book where we will get to Psalms chapter 150. Amen. It will start with Psalms 107, where it will declare, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. And it will end this book by saying, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness praise him with the sound of the trumpet amen we had a good trumpet playing praising god just a moment ago praise him with the psaltery and a harp we didn't have a harp today but we had a stringed instrument or two over here amen praising the lord praise him with the timbrel and with the dance we had some folks doing that in the house of the lord Praise him with the stringed instruments and on the organ. Yeah, we have the organ playing as well. Praise him on the loud sounding cymbals. Well, Brother Troy, you better calm it down. Don't play it so loud. No, the Bible declares play it on the loud sounding cymbals. Praise him on the high sounding cymbals. You know, the one that rings your ears, amen, and makes you wonder whether you can hear from this day on. And then it declares let everything that has breath. Do you got breath in your body? Let everything that has breath, everybody that has breath, uh, the Bible declares, uh, praise ye the Lord. 
You know what that sounds like? That sounds like an entire congregation. Some have certain talents and certain abilities, but everybody's got breath in their body. Everybody's got the ability when they're six feet above ground to give God praise, to give God a shout. Let's do that for a moment, and let's worship him and give him thanks. God, praise God. Is anybody thankful? Amen. To serve the Lord who's got loving kindness and mercy that never stops, that never quits, that never gives up. Somebody give him praise here today. Hallelujah. Amen. He's transitioning from his trials and his troubles, and he's starting to write about the goodness of the Lord and what we should do with the goodness of the Lord. This psalm that we are reading today is a choice song for the redeemed souls just like you and just like me. It celebrates divine deliverances and therefore may be sung by anyone who has been preserved by God in a time of danger, in a time of trouble, in a time of trial, or in a time of turmoil. Amen. But I also want to say under the cover of this scripture, amen, it also magnifies the Lord, amen, for all that he is and all that he's done. It magnifies the Lord for his spiritual blessings. And the theme from this time forward of these psalms, you're going to find it over and over again. The theme of this psalm is thanksgiving. The theme of this psalm is thanksgiving and the motives and the reasons that we should be thankful to the Lord. The basis for thanksgiving to the psalmist and the reason the psalmist uses that as his basis for writing, amen, he takes, amen, the goodness of God and his mercy that never quits, amen. These are two things that we should never lose our thankfulness for. We should never forget to be thankful to God for his goodness towards us. Amen. Let me just talk about that for a moment. Amen. Sometimes we we can become unthankful and ungrateful for the goodness of God because we have become accustomed to it. Hallelujah. Amen. But if we can always remember that God does not have to be good to me, but he sure is good to me. God doesn't have to bless you, but he chooses to bless you. God doesn't have to choose to use you, but he chooses to use you. God doesn't have to choose to heal your body, but he chooses to heal your body. Amen. You know what that's indicative of? That's a good God. That's a good God, and I'm thankful that I serve a good God. I'm thankful I serve. Amen. I want to tell you, he's a good God. He's a good God. And we are thankful for his goodness. But then the next thing that David writes about that we should be thankful for is God's mercy that endures forever. Or as the other translation says, his loyal love that endures. I'm thankful that God is an enduring God. A God that his mercy is not but for a moment. See, the Bible says his wrath is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Amen. The good things of God keep going. 
The good things of God continue. The good things of God, they, they continue to perpetuate in our lives. Amen. The Bible would declare that goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life. Yes, there's going to be hard moments. Yes, there's going to be difficult times. Amen. But those don't, don't last always. The Bible says that a man's life is, amen, it's but a few moments and it's full of trouble. But, amen, yet David declared, amen, that there was going to be goodness and mercy that followed him everywhere that he went, that the the goodness of the Lord, amen, was faithful. The goodness of the Lord was lasting. The goodness of the Lord, amen, it was loyal and it never stopped, amen. And if you ever mess up, God doesn't count the times that you and I mess up, amen. The Bible declares his mercies are new every single morning. You know why his mercies are new every morning? You know why his mercies endure forever? Because every day that you and I wake up, we do make mistakes. We do fail God. But God, the Bible says, that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Amen. A little translation of that is where grace did abound, or where, where, where sin did abound, grace superabounded. It went above and beyond. God doesn't just have enough mercy for your sins last week and last month and last year and in the last 20 minutes, but he's got more mercy than you've got mistakes. He's got more love than you've Has anybody been a recipient of the mercy of God? Is there anybody in the house of the Lord that's been a recipient of his love and of his goodness? It abounds much more than I could ever fail him. His love reaches lower than I could ever go. Amen. Amen. The Bible is declaring that we should remain thankful for his goodness and his mercy unto us. Oh, how thankful I am here this afternoon for the mercy and the goodness of God. Is there anybody in the house of the Lord that's thankful for his goodness and for the mercy of Jesus? Amen. Had it not been for the mercy of God, where would you and I be? Uh, as they used to sing, how? Amen. Had it not been for the old rugged cross, uh, had it not been for the blood of Jesus, uh, had it not been uh, for our Savior that died for us on Calvary, uh, where would we be? I want to tell you, you and I are standing here today not on our own righteousness, uh, not on our own goodness, uh, or on our own perfect record, uh, but every person from the pulpit to the seat you're sitting in and the one behind you is standing here today as a recipient of the grace and the mercy of God. And if it was not for Jesus, you and I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for his sacrifice on Calvary, there's not one of us that could stand flat-footed and feel, amen, enabled to lift up our hands and worship because we would recognize what we've been. We would recognize recognize what we've done, but because of the goodness of the Lord, because the mercy of God endures forever, I'm able to lift up my hands in worship to the one that saved me. I'm able to dance around the church, amen, when I used to dance around the club, amen, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, something rises up in my soul, and it can't help but thank God for the 
mercy. Is there anybody that wants to thank God today for the mercy and the goodness of the Lord? A God that puts your marriage back together. A God that gave you a sound mind. A God that removed the anxieties and the fears. He's a good God, full of mercy. He's a good God, worthy of my highest praise. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him for a few moments. Come on, let's lift our voices out and worship him. Let's lift up our voices and magnify Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy, you might as well let it out of your mouth. God's been good to me. God's been good to me. His mercy outweighed my mess. He's been good. Hallelujah. Amen. But to understand why we should be thankful for his mercy and his grace, the psalmist continues to write. He begins to talk about the people that he is discussing, those that should be thankful for goodness and mercy and their condition. The psalmist dedicates his poem and his psalm to the redeemed who have been gathered from captivity He poetically likens their unredeemed condition in verse 4 to that of travelers lost in a desert. In verse 10, he likens, uh, amen, their lost condition to those uh, of prisoners that are in iron bondage. In verse 18, uh, he likens their unredeemed condition to those of sick individuals, uh, amen, that are dying of disease. And in verse 23, he likens their unredeemed condition uh, to sailors tossed with the tempest uh, of the wind and the waves while sitting on board a sinking ship. They are hopeless. They are homeless. They are hungry. There is nothing for them to look forward to. Amen. This is what an unredeemed life is like. It's like wandering through a desert not knowing where you're going. The Bible declares that those that are lost in sins and in trespasses. Amen. The Bible says that we were all blinded. Amen. By darkness. And we wandered around, groping around in the dark, not knowing where we win. Does anybody know what that feels like? Amen. To not know amen what your name is when you wake up the next morning from the party last night where you are groping around in darkness trying to figure out what direction you should go in life. And Amen. Am I headed in the right direction, the right path or am I headed in the wrong path? Amen. It's like prisoners in bondage. Amen. When you're unredeemed, you don't have the ability to lift up your hands because there's something locking you down. You want to be happy for a moment and maybe you get free for just a moment but when you're unredeemed happiness fades because joy is different than happiness and you're happy when you're at the party but when you wake up the next morning you no longer feel happy because you no longer have alcohol coursing through your veins. Amen. Synthesizing your happiness. Amen. When you're unredeemed it's like you're laid up in your sick bed full of disease and 
you know that at any moment you could die and you could not make it out. Anybody ever been sick? Amen. You'll start making any deal with God just to get a little bit better. That's what it's like living an unredeemed life. Amen. And finally, being unredeemed is like being in the middle of the wind and waves on a rocking boat in the middle of the ocean. No land in sight. No hope in sight. And all of a sudden, you start seeing water filling up the boat. Amen. And debts are crippling you. And you can't see a way out. And your marriage is going under. And your kids are getting worse. That's what it's like to be unredeemed. Everybody in this building has felt the feelings of being unredeemed. I think we ought to lift up our hands for a few moments and pray because there might be somebody in the house of the Lord right now you feel unredeemed. You came to church today feeling unredeemed, feeling like there was no hope for you, feeling like there was no light at the end of the tunnel for you, that it was nothing but darkness, nothing but hungry, amen, hungry moments, nothing but thirst, and, and nothing but unsatiated, unfulfilled desires. I want you to pray right now, amen, in that unredeemed condition, God's about to bring you hope. In that unredeemed condition, God's about to bring you help. Somebody pray in this house. That's what unredemptive, unredeemed people look like. That's what it feels like uh, to be unredeemed. I, I, I say that to hopefully spark something in somebody uh, that maybe you've been in church a long time and you don't really quite remember what it was like to wake up and not know your name. And maybe you've never been that direction, but everybody's been hungry before and everybody's been sick and everybody knows what it feels like, uh, amen, to not be at liberty to do what you know you can do and Amen. That's what it's like to be unredeemed. But what does redemption look like according to Psalms 107? Amen. Verses 6 through 9 lets us know that they cried out. Amen. They cried out. They were unredeemed, but they cried out. They were hungry, but they cried out. They were in bondage, but they cried out. They were tossed by the wind and waves, but they cried out. The biggest difference between redeemed people and unredeemed people is that somewhere along the lines. The redeemed used their voice and they lifted their voice to their help. Come on. Something, sometimes the only thing stopping you and I from being redeemed is lifting up our voice and saying, God, can you help me? God, can you deliver me? God, can you turn things around? Oh, somebody do that for a moment. Right where you are, if you lift up your voice and cry out, you can go from unredeemed to redeemed. When you lift up your voice, you can go from lost to found, blind to see. Oh, somebody worship the Lord. They cried out. They used the voice that God had given them. And God heard their cry. I want you to know God is listening. Let me say that again. God's not deaf. He opens the deaf ears. Hallelujah. God is not deaf. We allow ourselves to be mute. God is not deaf. God is able to hear, but we refuse to speak at times. God heard their cry. But I want to tell you, God's also not passive. 
God did not hear their cry. Amen. As some being out in the middle of, of the universe, amen, sitting back eating popcorn uh, and thinking, oh, that's cute. They cried. No, 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 no. We have a loving Father in heaven that when we cry, he gets up from his throne. Come on, can I preach to some parents, uh, amen, that had small children, babies. They started crying. And you could tell the difference in their cry. It was not just whining and complaining, uh, but it was a cry that they're hurt uh, and they need help. Uh, and every good parent, uh, amen, would run to where their child is. Uh, and how much more loving uh, is the God that we serve? He knows when you cry. The Bible says he keeps a vial of every tear that you and I ever cry out. Amen. He's a God that cares. He's a loving God. His love is loyal and his mercy endures forever. He's a good God. He hears their cry. He does not become deaf to their cry. He does not become deaf to your cry. He does not become deaf to my cry. When he hears us cry out, he does not stay passive and fold his arms. But when he hears the cry, he responds to it. Amen. God doesn't just listen to you and I in our pain, but God can't help himself but become intertwined and intermingle himself in the midst of our suffering. God comes to where we are and he wraps us in his arms and says I'm not going to let you hurt alone I heard your cry and I'll carry you through he put them Amen. He delivered them out of their troubles. Was not passive. He put them upon the right path. Those that were lost, wandering, not knowing where they went. He gave them a home when they did not know what home was. He fed the hungry. And he gave water to the thirsty. The Bible says till they were filled. Until they were overflowing. Amen. God doesn't just give you enough to survive. He gives you everything you need to thrive. He knows how to take people, amen, that don't know where home is and bring them into a place like this, people that didn't know who their family was, and say, look at your brothers, look at your sisters. He knows how to take the wanderer and the vagabond and sit them down in a seat and say, let me show you the way that you should go. He knows how to take people out of a sinking ship and put them on the good old gospel ship full of salvation and hope. He knows how to feed those that are hungry. He knows how to overflow them. That's what being redeemed is like. That's what being redeemed is like. He set my feet on solid ground. He pulled me out of a miry, sticky clay where I was in sinking sand. I could not rise up. But when God redeemed me, he pulled me out and said, I'm going to give you the strength to walk the right path. Can anybody? Anybody testify that the Lord redeems? Is there anybody that can testify that the Lord redeems? The Bible says we've been redeemed. That word redeemed, man, it means to be bought out of bondage. Bought out of slavery. And the Bible declares that we have been redeemed. Peter tells us we have been redeemed not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
Not enough money in the world could buy your freedom, but one drop of the blood could do it. You can't pay enough money uh, to get free from drugs. You can go to every program and I hope it works for you. Amen. And sometimes it does. uh, But there's no way you can just write a check for the dollar amount uh, to get free of drugs. Uh, But I tell you what you can do. Uh, You can let the blood of Jesus uh, buy you out of bondage. Is there anybody that got bought out of bondage? Anybody that got... He didn't just bring me out. He bought me out. I'm not just blood washed. I'm blood bought, honey. When I was younger, I started going to church. My parents started getting worried because I started changing. I started getting different. I started treating them with more respect. And my parents, who at the time, amen, were just doing drugs and, amen, moving in with their drug dealer, they looked at me and they said, oh, we're a little concerned about you. Amen, we, we, we want you to be careful. It might be a cult. They might be brainwashing you. And I looked right back at them and said, no, honey, I'm not being brainwashed. I've been bloodwashed. And there is a big difference between being brainwashed and blood washing. His blood transforms you. His blood doesn't just liberate you. His blood buys you back. Has anybody ever been blood washed? I went down in the water in the name of Jesus. I went down a liar and came up speaking the truth. I went down a cheater and started walking in righteousness. I went down. Don't worry about me. I've been redeemed, honey. Don't worry about me. I've been bought back. Don't worry about me. Amen. I'm living a life where I'm no longer lost, but I'm found. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. We have been redeemed, the Bible says, and we ought to talk about it. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. We have been redeemed, and we ought to lift up our voice and talk about it. Everybody in your family ought to know I've been redeemed. Everybody in your neighborhood ought to know I've been redeemed. Everybody in your old circle ought to know I've been redeemed. Yes, I once was lost. Yes, I know what you knew me as last year. But this year, let me tell you what the Lord has done. Amen. I was in the bondage of sin, but he bought me out and he brought me out. I was slaves to the old serpent, the devil, and the Bible declares such were some of you. But you are washed, you are cleansed, you are justified. Are there any redeemed people in the house of the Lord on this Sunday afternoon? Is there anybody that can testify? I was that way, but I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Paul put it this way who walked in times past according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that even now works in the children of disobedience, whom you all had your manner of living in times past, when you walked after the lust of your own heart. Anybody ever did that? And your own mind. Anybody ever did what they thought was best? Yeah, that was me too. That's called being unredeemed. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as everybody else. Well, I was a good sinner. There's no such thing as a good sinner. I was a good person 
Until you've been justified by the blood of Jesus, there's no such thing. Jesus even said, there's none good, no, not one, but God. I was a good person. No, 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 you were a lost person. And what hinders some people from getting redeemed uh, is they don't realize they aren't redeemed yet. I'm already okay, preacher. I don't need to repent. I'm all right. I don't need to be baptized. I don't need the Holy Ghost. I can make the choices for myself. And they say to everybody else, they already feel redeemed, so therefore they must be. But they're a, they're a slave. They don't even know it. And there's a world out there, amen, that's okay with bondage and okay with slavery and okay with walking in the course of this world, letting their lust lead them and letting the world lead them. And they think I'm already good, but they don't realize there's a freedom they've never encountered. It's like being locked away in North Korea. You don't really know what's out there because the devil's kept you in such a box where you aren't allowed to get exposure to what freedom looks like. But when you ever get redeemed by the blood of Jesus, you'll realize and you'll be thankful for how unredeemed you were. We talk about it for a moment because there's some people say, well, I was a good sinner. As if there's levels of sin. The Bible declares, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, there might be different consequences for sin on earth. If you kill somebody, you're a sinner. And they're going to probably take you to jail. If you lie to somebody... You're not going to jail necessarily, but you're still a sinner. And Romans 6 and 23 says the wages or the payment of sin is, well, I just have a little white lie. The wage of sin is, if that is the payment for sin, there is no such thing as a good sinner. I'm going to help somebody for a moment. I don't really need forgiveness because I'm a good person. And I'm not just talking to unredeemed church folk now. I'm talking to people that have been sitting on a pew for a long time, but they've got some things uh, that they've got what we call pet sins uh, that when they look at everybody else, they beat their chest like the righteous man and said, I thank God I'm not like sister so-and-so. I thank God I'm not like brother so-and-so. But what they really should be doing uh, is they should introspectively be looking at them themselves and saying, oh God, it might be little to everybody else, but I know there's no such thing as a good sin, and if I don't get this taken care of, I'm going to be unredeemed. I'm in bondage, but I know, God, you're the redeemer. I know you can buy me out of my little white lie. I know you can buy me out of my lust. I know you can buy me out of my cheating ways. I know you can buy me out of my carnal mind. That's the enemy of God. God, I know you can redeem because you've done it before. If you can forgive me of that, you can forgive me of this. If you can buy me out of that, you can buy me out of this. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. The same blood that washes the drug addict is the same blood that washes the carnal Christian. 
The same blood that washes the murderer and the rapist and the child molester is the same blood that washes the complacent person uh, that hadn't prayed in a long time. I'll prove it to you. There's two different types of sin, commission and omission. Commission is when you do something wrong. Right? We all know that one. You've lied, cheated, or stole. You, you punched somebody. You did something. But omission, therefore to him that knows to do good and does not do it. We quote that the right way, but we mean it wrong all the time. If you know to do good and you do not do it, you omit it, that is sin as well. Church, I'm going to tell you there's one thing we've got to be careful of. I don't think so much because we preach so much on commission as the people of God. If there's something that we, we've ever talked about as being redeemed of commission, you know, don't watch that, don't go there, don't do this. Amen. But if there's ever anything we need to be redeemed of in this hour, it's the sins of omission. You know what I'm talking about? When you know you should have prayed, but you didn't. You should have read the Bible, but you didn't. You should have told the clerk at the store about the Lord, but you didn't. You felt God pulling you and leading you. Amen. To do something, to go somewhere, to commit yourself, but you didn't do it. I want to tell you, there's just as much blood for the committed acts as there is for the omitted acts. And everybody in the building can declare it with their mouth. I am redeemed. Whether I did something or didn't do right, I am redeemed. You can stand in this building today after every mistake you made or every good thing you did not do that you should have done, and you can shout it out with the rest of us. I am redeemed. You can smoke crack or never have smoke crack in your life, and you can shout it out. I am redeemed. You could have been raised in church or raised in the hood, but you can shout it out with everybody else I am redeemed I've been bought by the blood washed in the name that's above every name oh somebody lift up your hands and pray come on somebody shout it out I'm redeemed shout it out I am redeemed I am redeemed shout it to the devil can hear it I am redeemed Shout it till your conscience can hear it. I am redeemed. Shout it till condemnation goes away. I am redeemed. Shout it till your past goes away. I am redeemed. Shout it till your mistakes fade. I am redeemed. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your hands. Let's stand across the building. Come on, let's love him all across this house. Come on, I'm redeemed. Omission, commission. Uh, I've been bought out of bondage. Uh, I am redeemed. Uh, did it wrong or didn't do it right. Uh, I am redeemed. Uh, devil, you can't hold me down or hold me back. Uh, I am redeemed. Uh, and he delivered me out of the hand of the enemy. Finally, we hear in the psalm the, the, the fact, uh, it's repeated a few times. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. If we ever get a revelation that I am redeemed, you can't help but praise the Lord for his goodness. 
You can't help but praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. Yes, I can shout that God delivered you out of the hand of the enemy, but I'll never shout as good as when I've got a revelation, whether it was something big to you or small to you. He delivered me out of the hand of the enemy. I am redeemed. Oh, that men would just learn to praise God. Let me say that again. Oh, that people would just learn to praise God for his goodness, for his mercy. When you and I reflect on the goodness of the Lord, something rises up in us. This praise, this thanksgiving. When you and I reflect on his goodness, on his blessings, on all that he's done for us, all that he's spared us from, the life we live, the church we go to, the spouse we're married to, the kids we have, the ministry God has enabled us to walk in. When we think about all of the good blessings and some that maybe we can't even quantify. I can't help but say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Because thankfulness is the least we can give him. I want you to think about redemption for a moment. Think about the woman in the New Testament caught in the very act. An adulterous woman caught in the very act. I'm not going to get graphic, but that is not a place you want to be caught. Anybody ever felt trapped? I know it's hard to correlate how she felt and how we felt, but has anybody ever felt trapped? Has any ever, anybody ever felt snared? Anybody ever felt caught? I want you to think about that moment. All right. For those who say, no, I've never felt that. I want, you to, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Just go with me for a second. You're driving down the road. It's 30 miles per hour, but you're going 90. And all of a sudden, you look in your rear view mirror, and you see red and blue lights flashing behind you. And your heart begins to race. It starts to speed because you know after all the times I have ran through red lights and I have sped and I have broke the law, it is finally caught up to me. No doubt I'm going to get the biggest ticket of my life or they're going to lock me up because I'm an endanger. I'm a danger to society. And they're going to take away the key because I've been caught in the very act. That's how that woman felt. She was snared in the hand of the enemy. And just as you're about to have a heart attack, tears are already welling up in your eyes, unless you're a guy, and then we just <clears throat> choking up a little. You even start heading towards the right side of the road because you know he ain't come for nobody but me. Head starts hanging low, and you know it's over. Had a good run. I'll never drive again. 
And to your amazement and shock, even though you're guilty, even though you've been guilty this time, and you've been guilty time and time again, at the very last moment, as you pull off to the right side of the road, the cop gets in the left lane and starts driving past you. That's what being redeemed feels like. That's what being redeemed feels like, somebody. He looks at that woman who was caught in the very act, and he hangs a left and says, Go your way and sin no more. You were snared in the hand of the enemy, but I've let you go. I bought you with a price, and you are not your own. How thankful would you be? How grateful would you be? I've been redeemed by the hand of the enemy. They should have killed me. It should have stopped me. I should have made it out of this. But Jesus set me free. How about this one for everybody else? Not a speeder obeys the law. Anybody ever had a bill? If you don't, it's coming. Speaking faith. Anybody ever had a debt, medical bill, student loan? Come on, somebody. Maybe a credit card you shouldn't have gotten. You got it anyways. Hallelujah. Talk about that another time. The Bible tells of a man that owed hundreds of millions of dollars. And it was, it was time to pay the piper. It was time to pay the debts. And he didn't have any money. And the Bible says he showed up before the king. And the king said, take his kids, sell them into slavery. Take him, sell them into slavery. Split up his family. That's what sin does. That's what being unredeemed does. Somebody said, amen. Take it all away. He doesn't get any of that now. And the man falls down to his knees, says, forgive me, and I'll pay you all. Knowing he couldn't pay it in a thousand lifetimes. And imagine for, with me for a moment, the king takes his credit card bill and rips it up and says, it's been paid in full. He takes that student loan and says, you don't have to worry about this anymore. We take it and we tore it apart. Amen. He takes that medical bill and he tears it up and says, don't worry about that. That's taken care of. Amen. And, and, and imagine this for a moment. The boss gives you a call and says, you don't have to work those extra hours because we're going to pay off all your debts. And Come on. Imagine if somebody showed up to your house, amen, and they said, we, we, you won some sweet stakes you never signed up for. Here's $10 billion. You can do whatever you want. You're free to go. That's what being redeemed feels like. That's what being redeemed feels like. And when you feel redeemed, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed, 
you need to let it come out of your mouth. If you've been set free, even if you were caught in the very act, you need to let it come out of your mouth. I am redeemed. If you were in debt because of your sins and it should have been a payment of death, but he liberated you out of the hand of the debtor and out of the hand of the collector, and he said you are redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I want you to lift up your hands all across this building. I'm done. I want you to lift up your voice and begin to give God praise and thanksgiving. Come on. That feeling of elation that I've been let go, that I've been I've been bought out of my sins. I should have gone to jail, but they set me free. I should have I should have lost my home, but they set me free. I should have lost everything to the debt collector in my soul, but he set me free. I've been bought with a price. I am redeemed. Somebody shout it. I am redeemed. Shout it again. I am redeemed. Shout it till the devil hears it. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Shout it till you believe it. I am redeemed. Shout it till praise comes out. I am. Lift up your hands. I want to open up this altar. Let's come to the front and let's worship him. Let's come to the front and let's say thank you, Jesus. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been bought with a price. I am not my own. I am redeemed. Come on, somebody worship him. Just let thankfulness flow out of you. Thanks be to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. What does it mean to be saved? Is it more than just a prayer to pray? More than just a way to heaven? Come on, let that thankfulness roll what out of you. Let that thankfulness roll out of you. Thank you, Jesus, for your loyal love, for your mercy that endures forever. To be salt and light in the world, in the world. To be salt and light in the world. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Come on, devil. You have no place in me. Let the I redeemed of the Lord say Condemnation. so. Let the you redeemed have no hold of the on Lord me. say so. I've been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Say so. Oh, that the church would arise. Oh, that we would see with Jesus' eyes. We could show the world heaven. Show what it means to be his, to be formed in his likeness. Show them we have a purpose. To be salt and light in the world, in the world. To be salt and light in the world. To be salt and light in the world, in the world. To be salt and light in the world. Come on, somebody pray in this house. To be salt and light in the world, in the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Say 
I want us all to lift up our hands across this building. Come on. If you are redeemed of the Lord, let thankfulness roll out of you.